The Defense Department is nothing if not a really big bureaucracy, and now the brass want to consolidate their so-called fourth estate networks as a model for the rest of the military, and that could translate into some big savings in the IT realm. With this and some other IT matters, Federal News Radio's... Oops, you, you wrote it. Federal News... For this and a lot of other IT matters, Federal News Network's Scott Massioni joins me in studio. All right, let's talk about this business of the fourth estate. First of all, what is that and what are they planning? So as a little bit of a primer, the fourth estate is 28 DOD agencies that don't belong to the military services. So that includes the the headquarters type stuff and also not just headquarters, but DISA, the Defense Information Systems Agency. There's sort of these floating around agencies that don't really have a military service heading them. The tail. Right. Exactly. And so uh, these these agencies have 34 different networks that are uh, floating around out there. And uh, DOD is starting to say that this is something that's really bugging them a lot, that they have all these different networks that aren't talking to each other in the right way that, uh, you know, some have legacy systems, some don't. Um, it's it's pretty confusing for people. So right now they're using the fourth estate as sort of the guinea pig to go ahead and consolidate these into two different networks. There's going to be the one Cipernet, the secret uh, one, and then there's going to be the Nippernet, the non-classified one. What they hope is that this is going to pave the way for future uh, uh, consolidations within DOD and the military services so that they can make things a lot more simple. And not only does does it make things simple, but it makes that surface area uh, for attack a lot smaller when you have uh, you know less ne- less networks to attack from. Now, they've got Cipernet and Nippernet go back 50 years or since there was Internet Protocol or IP. They've had these two networks. Right. You're saying that in addition to that, they've got a bunch of local area networks and who knows what types of uh, Internet-based networks that are not Cipernet or Nippernet. Right. Maybe Shoot old Novell and... land networks. Who knows? But those that's what they want to get rid of. And all the traffic would, would then end up on Nippernet or Cipernet, mostly Nippernet. Right. And they would just kind of go through these those channels on, on their you know own networks. But right now everyone has these, all, these small private networks, these local networks, like you said. And it's not just going to be the networks that are consolidating. It's going to be the licensing, the computing, the support. Uh, there's one agency that uh, DOD brought up, and the agency is so kind of far behind that only 25% of the time do they answer their help support desk phone, and it gets you know problems get solved a lot less than that. So they're hoping to contract out some of the support uh, functions as well. Yeah, sounds more like Petticoat Junction than the Fourth <laughs> Estate. And uh, what about the cloud business, Jedi Mesh? All that Jedi is like the. Uh the sword that doesn't light up. Right. So the uh, Jedi, as you know, is this huge cloud contract, and they're going to be putting some non-classified information on there. But uh, DoD and the public at large have been wondering how they're going to be meshing in and intertwining that with all the other areas where DoD holds information. So there's three main areas. There's the data centers, which are the just solid actual physical centers that hold data. There's these fit-for-purpose clouds, which are individually contracted, and they have certain mission purposes. They may be used for secret information, things like that, and then JEDI itself. So what DoD wants to do is consolidate down these data centers to maybe about 50 regional data centers. That'll be for legacy systems and for super uh, secret things that they need to hold on to and lock down. Then after that, there'll be the fit-for-purpose clouds, and those uh, will go to specific agencies that really need them, that need to work inside. 
And then finally, there'll be Jedi. And then also there there's the Mill Cloud option, which they're also hoping to get out by this summer. So they'll still have some sort of an internal cloud to work on as well. But, uh, you know, Mill Cloud and Jedi looks like it's going to be doing probably 80% of the lift. And Jedi's a long way yet from being awarded, and then it'll be a long way from being operational because of the protests. Right, and we recently just found out that Oracle put in a uh, federal protest, federal court protest, so uh, it may drag on the, the issue longer. Yeah, they didn't like what they heard from GAO, so they're going to court. That's right. All right, we're speaking with Federal News Network Scott Massioni. You went to an Air Force IT event, and something came up on the Joint Regional Security Stacks. Right, yeah, something we haven't heard from in a long time, right? So these uh, JRSS is the the acronym, and JRSS is basically a way to kind of secure and add these extra little uh, access point components or actually consolidate access point components for DOD. And uh, right now they say they're about 30% done with these and that they are trying to to work. They put a, a... a slight pause on things in January and earlier this year, and they put that pause on things to increase training, to work on their processes, and then from there, they worked on how to deliver things faster to the services, to their customers. They think they've sped that up more. That was one of the biggest issues they had, so uh, they're they're back on track moving forward with this, and this is something that DOD is really putting a lot of uh, chips onto because they, they want this to really make it a secure network, the Doden. And what about the uh, Cyber Command? Does that have any say over the Dodin and the condition of the joint regional security stacks? Well, they're certainly in charge of protecting the Dodin, and uh, and they'll be definitely involved in that. And as you know, Cyber Command is now a full combatant command, so they have a lot on their plate as well, including offensive and defensive cyber operations. A lot going on there, and let's move over to the Navy for a moment. You have been reporting that they are changing their educational system, and that could have an effect on intellectual property developed therein. What's going on there? Right. So uh, the Navy has something called the uh, Naval Postgraduate School, and Richard Spencer, who is the uh, Secretary of the Navy, he came in from the private sector, and he looked at this school and, and mandated a full educational review back in April. And this has nothing isn't just purely on, on intellectual property, but also on just the education system in itself. But he looked at it and he said, I'm really tired of all these admirals and generals sitting in big bag chairs and Google and thinking that they're innovating and being cool. And venture capitalists don't like that either, right? They're tired, they're tired of them just coming and looking through the campus and feeling like they're innovating. It's time for the Navy to actually do something. So he thinks the best way to build trust is to make the Naval Postgraduate School a actual premier research institution where they invite these companies in to research with them, right? So from there, the the intellectual property part comes in. Once these two, the government and the uh, companies or these two entities are developing products together, they're going to start wondering who owns what. So uh, Spencer says that he's okay with the, the companies getting some of their intellectual property, but also if the government makes some intellectual property, they have some nice uh, you know inventions going, why can't government employees be rewarded by that, get some of the profits or something? So he's, he's asking Congress to look into this. This isn't the first time that we've heard this. Bruce Jetty, the acquisition chief for the Army, also said the same thing, and he wanted to uh, give some of the, the private companies also a way to sort of create their own black box so that the government can develop something that will go into 
their intellectual property and then go back out of that that intellectual property and they can hold on to the the secrets and the proprietary information and the DOD will just license what they need from these these companies. That sounds like it is a legal heavy lift for federal employees to take profits from intellectual property that might be transferred to the public sector. Any interest in Congress in even pursuing that? Yeah, I haven't heard anything yet from from Congress, but DOD, as you know, has been changing the acquisition cycle pretty – I'm sorry, Congress has been changing the the acquisition cycle pretty heavily in the past uh, four or five years. Now, Spencer didn't exactly say that maybe – government employees will be selling these uh these inventions that they have or these products or you know necessarily getting profits but he wants them to be rewarded in some way more than what they are now where they just sort of create a product for the government and then just let it be free for the government to use what however they wish yeah that could really spread i think (laughs) federal news network scott Massioni, thanks so much thank you check out his story at federal news network check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com